0: this morning. I want you to know you're in a safe place and you actually have a unique opportunity today and through this series. Uh, If you're not yet following Jesus, you get to kind of look behind the curtain and and to see what are some of those secrets, you know, about this thing called following Jesus, about this term called Christianity. What are some of those things behind the curtain? What's driving all this? This morning, you're going to get a peek behind the curtain and so if you're not yet following Jesus, we're going to kind of give you a heads up of, of if you do choose to follow Jesus, some things that are going to be part of that down the road for you. And this morning, if you're following Jesus, I just want you to know that, that we're going to be talking about some things that are very basic, but they're things that we believe that God has called us to do As a church, as the church in Malvern and also Stuttgart Harvest Church, we believe this is what God has called us to be. And I'll be the first to admit, whatever God has called us to be, we are pursuing that, and at best, at our best, we are doing it so very imperfectly. But we welcome you on this journey. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Um, I want to give you a transparent moment. Even when in my own life, when I'm trying to love God with everything about me, we kind of talked about that last week, our whole selves. When I'm trying to love God with my whole self, I still have moments and sometimes very, not sometimes, let me just say, frequent moments where it is still so much easier for me to love myself more. And I love God. I struggle with that all the time. It's so easy for me to love myself more, to think about myself more, um, because I'm always thinking about what I want how I want things to go during my day or even here when I'm part of the church, a church gathering like this, how I want things to go throughout my day, thinking about how I want things to happen and and where I want things to take place, how I want things to go, all of those things I'm trying to control. I'm trying to have influence on and get them to turn out the way I want them to turn out, and it captures literally most of my day. Me trying to make things go the way I want them to go. And that struggle, that struggle is a struggle all about me. And me thinking of me. And me focusing on me. Even when I'm trying to love and serve God, so many times I'm still focusing on me. On Sundays here. Focusing on myself through that whole process. I'm thinking about the temperature. Is the temperature the way I want it? Is it cool enough or is it it too hot in the winter? Is it too cold? I'm, I'm thinking about me and what I want. Thinking about the lighting level. Are the lights the way I want them to be? Is it bright enough? Is it dark enough? Is it the way I want it to be here? Very specific things. We do that. I do that with the sound. Is the sound where I want it to be? Is it loud enough? Is that instrument loud enough? Is that mic loud enough? Is... It, or is it too loud? Is it too soft? Is it, and that's all about my preference and the way I want it. All these things I want the way I want them. And, and besides, I, I don't even mind showing up early. In fact, I, I love to show up early. I get her early and I start doing things and turning things on and getting things ready. I love that. I, I, I love that. There's some things I do because I, I really like to do them. There's other things that I just really don't care to do. I, in fact, there's some things I just don't want to do. I would so much rather somebody else do something if I'm looking at it thinking, hey, I really don't want to do that. And guess what? That's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about getting things to happen the way I want them to happen, doing the things I want to do, or at least the things I don't mind doing. I don't mind doing that specific thing, but that? Oh, oh I don't want to do that. Not at all. Because I, why, well, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. Now, I just want to say this. The more I think about me and the way I want things to go, it seems to me the more things go wrong the more I think about me and the way I want things to go the more things just go wrong and I want to say I I believe that's pretty normal for the American church pretty normal show up do the things we want to do the things at least maybe we don't mind doing, do those things. And I think the bottom line to that is that's all me first living. Me first. Even at church, me first living. If there's something I don't want to do, well, goodness, I'll just let somebody else do that. And if they don't, well, pretty much it's going to be okay because someone will eventually do it. Someone will figure it out. And if they don't, well, that's still okay because I don't have to do it. I've got plenty of reasons why I don't have to do that. I don't have to be a part of that. There's plenty of reasons why. And I would just have to say, welcome to the normal American church. Now, certainly, I know I'm not the only one who struggles with this. Um, I know I'm not the only one because that is normal for the American church. The more we think about ourselves and the way we want things to be, the less effective we become. When we think me first, we don't win. We actually come in last and we lose. Now here's an interesting idea about this. Anywhere that we find a church <coughs> where many of the people are thinking a lot about the way they want things to be inside and about that church <coughs> something interesting begins to occur the more they think about the way they want things to be the more they begin to start analyzing people inside that church and they begin to do something unique they begin to group these people together into certain groups they group them according to what the people seem to want and it just begins to happen naturally inside that church there becomes an us group and in that us group those are people who think like me who want similar things that I want, they want the lights about the same way I want them, they want the sound about the same way I want them, they want the air temperature about the same way, they want the colors in the rooms, whatever, it can go on and on, but it becomes an us group, and that, and, and then they look around, and the, the other people become the them group, and they get segmented, because those people, the us people think like me, the them people think like that. And we have two distinct groups. The American church has become really, really good at scrutinizing and analyzing and distinguishing and comparing and contrasting and judging and coming up with an us group and a them group. Now, here's the dangerous thing, though. It just doesn't end with that inside the church. We actually begin to carry that outside of the church. It goes beyond just our environments in here, and we take it outside. And here's what I mean by that. We take it a big step further. We have this collective us group. And this collective us group, actually, those are the people that we see on Sunday and maybe the people we see in small group. And that us group, we get really comfortable with. I mean, we go to church with them. We're comfortable with them. They are similar to me, similar to you. It's the us group. We think about life in a similar way. We approach life in a similar way. We have a similar worldview, and we like that, and that is comfortable. We're comfortable with the us group. And then we have the collective them that collective them group, it's those people outside of the church. They don't see the world the way we see the world that makes them a them. They don't approach life the way we might approach life that makes them them and not us. We might look, all of us, at the same uh, the same national events taking place in the news. We might look at the very same event, but we might have, probably do have, two very different opinions about those events. And that can become uncomfortable to navigate that relationship, to navigate that conversation between us and them. And many of us, we we just don't like that feeling because it's uncomfortable to us. And so it's a whole lot easier just to take this us group inside the church and really just focus on them, on these people in the us group, and let the thems out there all be together out there. And okay, 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 yes, 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 yes. We know, we know, we know we're called to reach out to them. We know that. We know that. So we do some things. We'll sometimes do submission trips, and we'll go to them. Sometimes I love mission trips. I, as a student pastor, I had, we took our kids on mission trips all the time. I love that. Sometimes we'll do outreach events because we know we need to reach out to them. And so we'll, do, and we'll go to them and do some things. And we will do our best to try to see people outside of this building connected eternally to God through Jesus. We will do that. And once they do make that commitment to Jesus, then it seems we can more easily invite them in here, into this place, into this room where the church gathers. Because now the thems are beginning to become an us. Because now they're beginning to maybe slowly through the course of time, begin to think more like us. And I just have to say, pause here and say, welcome to the normal American church. The normal American church, we say we want them, especially after they become more like us. That's when we want them. Because then it's just more comfortable. Welcome to the normal American church. And again, today, this morning, we're going to find that Jesus calls us to be backward from that. He calls us to be backward. Now, today, Jesus calling us to be backward from that normal American church. We're going to be in the same passage we were last week because there's a whole lot there, and it's a very tiny passage so let me set the scene for you, what's going on in this passage that we're going to visit. Here's what's going on. In this first century, and the, Jesus is involved in this, so it's early in the first century, um, there was an ultimate us group. The, they had gathered themselves together and, and shut the thems out. The ultimate us group. And they were the super religious people. They really were professional religious people. That's all they did. Their job was to be really, really religious. It literally was their job. And we're going to see that they were trying to trap Jesus because this is not long before the cross. And so things are getting ramped up. They're trying to trap Jesus. They hate Jesus. They hate what he's teaching. They're trying to trick him. They want him to say something that is against the Mosaic law, so that they can have Jesus killed. So they're trying to trap Jesus, uh, this ultimate us group, so they could be rid of him. Now, inside this group, there was this one man. uh, We're going to get to him in a moment. And he was still part of the us group, but for some reason, the way he's pictured here in Scripture, he seems a little bit more normal, a little bit more honest, maybe, than the rest of the us group. But don't make any mistake. And last week we may have led you to believe he had no ulterior motives. But he he did. He just seemed to be a little more honest than the others. And this guy is part of the us group. And they're trying to trap Jesus with questions. And what happens, the first questions did not trap Jesus. He answered them completely accurately because he's Jesus. And so... The next guy gets his shot. This is the one that is still a little bit more honest and we're not going to go into the rest of that passage where you see that there is some honesty there in this man. We're just looking at the first part and here it is in Mark chapter 12 verse 28. One of the teachers of religious law, this is the guy I'm talking about, was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. In other words, he didn't get trapped. So now it's his turn. He brings forth the question, really, that in the book of Matthew, we find out that they all had really decided he was going to ask. And here it comes. And here's what he asks. Of all the commandments, and there were a lot, there were 613 commandments, of all of those commandments, of all the commandments, he says, which is the most important? And they were really hoping they were going to nail him with this question, that he was going to say something that was not accurate to the Mosaic law. And here's how Jesus answered, verse 30. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Now, we talked about that last week. If you missed last week, I'm going to do my best this week to get that uploaded onto SoundCloud. I'm behind. He said, that's how, that's the first commandment. most important thing is you love God. You worship God with all of you. All right? That's what he said. We talked about that last week. Now, verse 31. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said this. No other command is greater than these. Love God. Love others. From the mouth of Jesus himself, that's what he said. That's the most important thing in life. If you look at all of God's command, the entire Old Covenant can be uh, summarized by saying, Love God, the the Old Covenant law, love God and love others. That's what Jesus said. They are inseparable. The ultimate expression of me and you loving God is when we love those very people that God has created. Those very people. And how do we love them? Selflessly. That is the ultimate expression of loving God, is loving those people he's created. Now possibly, and he says, love those people that are your neighbor. Now let's put that in today's technology. Who is our neighbor today? I think with today's technology, we can say it is whomever that we can walk to, whomever we can drive to or fly to. Y'all had some neighbors in Belize. It's whoever you can get to. That's your neighbor. And if you look on, and I hope you will, look on through the rest of the new covenant and the rest of what Jesus said in the biographies, if you will look at that, you're going to find that Jesus tells us a little more about our neighbor and he says it's even that person you don't like. Even that person that you might see as someone who has done evil to you. He says, it's easy to love the people that you like. He said, yeah, let's see you do this. Love the people, even the people who have hurt you. The neighbor, love them. Love God, love others. Straight from Jesus, love them the same way we naturally love ourselves. Love them the way we naturally love ourselves. Jesus, I think he's saying this. He's saying, listen, look, you already love yourself, Harley. You love yourself. You already do. And we all already love ourselves. Now, I know we have dysfunction there. I know sometimes we have self-hate. If you know me, I've got a lot of self-hate. But guess what? I still make sure I eat. I had, did you see my plate? I did old school Harley at the buffet and Harley at the potluck. I mean, I had my first layer. I made sure the plates would support it. I had my first layer, Emily. I went over that with my second story. I had that second story, and I may have had a third. I'm not sure. But I ate everything on my plate. I ate it all. I had, Listen, so I may have some self-hate, but I still make sure I eat. Yeah, when I left the house this morning, I made sure I had clothes on. And I added to that, I don't know if you saw my new pair of shoes. Huh? Let me hear, Amen. Yeah. I have my new pair of shoes on. I got uh, on vacation last week. Yeah, Mary, there you go. See that? Woo! Got them on vacation. I made sure when I left the house that I was dressed. I made sure, I'm going to make sure throughout the day that I eat. I'm going to take care of me because the bottom line is i naturally on some level love me and jesus is saying look we already love ourselves we pretty much do that all day long every day we 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 make sure we're dressed we make sure we get filled up with coffee before we, before we kill somebody we make sure that we feed ourselves we you know daily our days are consumed on various levels with us loving ourselves We already love ourselves on some level, Jesus is saying. And he said this, now, treat other people, especially the people you may not like or you may be uncomfortable with, treat those other people with the same detailed care that we treat ourselves, even the people not like us. Now, that is backward from the normal American church. Because we have, a separ- we have a tendency to separate people into those two groups. The us group and the them group. Them out there. And you know, when Jesus was saying this, it was even backward for their culture in that time. You see, for those professional uh, Jewish people, those professional law keepers, it, they had an us group, It it wasn't enough just to be Jewish. You couldn't be a part of their us group if you were Jewish. They only hung around other super religious people. They only hung around people that were like them and that thought like them and acted like them. And now for the nation, they certainly wouldn't hang around them out there, anyone who was not like them, of another race, another culture, they would not hang around them. They wouldn't even sit down at the table and eat with another Jew unless they were super religious. So they certainly wouldn't hang out with the thems, the non Jews, because those people, absolutely, they don't think like, ooh, I'm so sorry, they don't think like us, they don't act like us, they don't live like us. So as I talk about the normal American church today, really it was the very same problem then. They were having the very same problem in the first century too. It was us versus them. And being around them, people who were not part of that Jewish heritage, it was not acceptable. So let's bring it back to today. For us, being around them today. We might say, okay, okay, maybe at work. I got to be around them at work. But at church, when I gather in the building where the church meets, there, be around them, that's uncomfortable because they may not agree with me. They may not agree with us. They may not see the world the same way we see the world. They may not interpret national events the way we interpret national events. They may not vote like we do. That's uncomfortable. They may not have the same ideas about gender, about race, about marriage, about relationships. They may not have the same ideas about what is right and what is wrong. And they might do things that we think are bad. And they might say things that we think are wrong. They might wear things that we think are inappropriate. I can't believe they wore that to church. They might regularly communicate with one-handed sign language when they're mad. Especially when they're driving. We can go on and on and on. So listen, it's so much simpler. It's so much easier to just settle in with us. And try to love them. Yeah, love them from a distance. And Jesus, I believe, is telling us that loving someone from a distance really is not loving them at all. we got to be backwards. We are to love our neighbor, in other words, anyone that we can get to. And we're to love them like we love ourselves. So how do we love ourselves? I already mentioned, we, we basically love ourselves by serving on some way ourselves every day. And Jesus is saying, Bingo. That's what we're to do. We're to love them, to get so close to them that we can serve them. Trying to mix and mingle as a church and we recognize this building is not a church. We rent this property. This isn't a church, it's a building. The people are the church. And trying to mix and mingle a church with people who don't have the same world view, that's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to purposefully bring people into this building that are still very much searching and maybe not even certain that they want to follow Jesus, to bring people into this building who are searching, that does not make things easy or simple. And that can be very, very messy. Because relationships are messy, aren't they? Relationships are messy. But you know this, Jesus was not afraid to get into relationships that were messy like the religious people were afraid to get into messy relationships and still today this very day Jesus is not afraid of messy like the normal American church is afraid of messy Jesus was actually accused if you look in the the new covenant especially those biographies he was accused of being friends with prostitutes with thieves and other sinners And you know why he was accused of being their friend? Because Jesus really was their friend. He was a friend of prostitutes and thieves and sinners. And Jesus didn't care what the religious people thought of him because he was friends with them. He was loving those people. He accepted them as a creation of God. People who needed to be served and loved all the way toward God who would eventually heal their hurts and their lives. No matter how bad somebody else was, or no matter how bad somebody thought Jesus was for loving them, Jesus loved and served them anyway. No matter what those religious people thought about him for doing it. And I believe to that today we can say exactly, exactly. Jesus is calling the church in Malvern. And today Cole is teaching at Stuttgart Harvest Church. And he's calling all of us to exactly do that. To be backward from the normal American church experience that maybe we grew up with. Here's the bottom line. I I, I believe I have it for the screen. It says, if we want to be first, we have to choose last. We have to move ourselves intentionally to the back of the line and serve other people. We take Jesus seriously when he said to serve others. So what does that look like? Okay, here. Uh, we, We know that this applies to our job during the week, to serve those people that are around you. We know that. But we need to apply those to especially people who are not yet connected to Jesus, to apply that to them, to serve them. Serving them and then even inviting them inside of this living organism that we call the church. Not leaving them out there, but actually bringing them in here before they have ever, ever decided to follow Jesus. Serving them. Inviting them. So that we can love them and serve them all the way to Jesus. And yes, that means right off the bat, we expect things to be messy at the church in Malvern at Stuttgart Harvest Church. We know that sometimes that means that it's going to be uncomfortable. And we know this, that we are encouraging you to join us in learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable like Jesus. And like Jesus saying yes to the mess and not being afraid to get close and to be transparent with people who are not yet following Jesus so that we can do this one thing so we can serve them toward Jesus just like Jesus did. We take Jesus very seriously. So we serve others. Yeah, we serve them outside this building and we also serve them inside this building. In here, we serve in this, inside this building maybe in ways that are not our favorite ways to serve. You know, we, we, we don't hope that someone else is just going to do it so we don't have to. We just get in there and we do it. We serve. We don't say, you know what, I'll, I'll vacuum, but man, there's no way I'm going to go in there with those crazy kids. I'll vacuum the floor, but I'm not going to do that. We don't say, well, I'll, I'll greet people, but I'm not going to take out the trash. We don't say, well, I'll, I'll write name tags, but I'm not going to unclog a toilet especially if it's not my clog. (laughs) I don't know if you were here for the very first time we met, but there were a lot of clogs. That's 100-year-old pipes going out of this building. We don't say, I'll I'll do this, but I won't do that. I mean, because here's the reality. There are plenty American churches all around us where you can just go and do whatever you want. And, 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 it's, and listen, it's even okay to go to those churches, some of them, and not do anything at all to just sit there and soak and take it in and soak and take it in for your whole life and not serve. To never become a, a giver of yourself, a server. But we're not that church because we're learning and yeah, we're just learning we're learning to take the words of Jesus seriously when he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself and if we want to be first in life in any way, we have to choose last and that is backwards now, this morning as we wrap this up we have several next steps I want to talk about Here's the first one. I want to encourage you, if you were part of our last series, we talked about reading through that book of Colossians. I just want to encourage you, don't give that up. Read through Colossians just a paragraph at a time, okay? Don't I don't want you to give that up. That's Still, that's kind of an ongoing next step until you're done with it. But here's what I want to encourage you to do specifically for today. I would encourage you to maybe even begin reading the gospel of Luke. That's Luke's biography of the life of Jesus. And as you read that, kind of look for ways that Jesus was not afraid of the mess. Jesus was not afraid of these messy relationships that I just told you about. Look for that as you read through the book of Luke. Here's the second thing. I, I'm going to unapologetically ask you to begin serving with us. And I'm going to even say this. If you're in the process of checking things out, one of the best way to check things out is to serve alongside of us. You don't have to be a covenant partner to serve. In fact, most of the people who ever serve at the church in Malvern or over uh, at, at our friends, uh, our family uh, across the way at the uh, Stuttgart Harvest Church, most of the people who serve are not covenant partners. So we encourage you, today even, on your connection card to sign up and say, hey, I want to serve. Now, let me tell you the most amazing way to serve. This is unlike many places. The most amazing way to serve is to say this. Hey, coach, just put me in the game. Put me in, coach. Where do you need? Put me in. I'm telling you, just put me in. Sign me up. I'll serve. Just put me in where you want me, where you need me. What's strategic? Put me in. I'll serve. Where do you need me most? Now, you may already know. You already may know a way you want to serve. You can put that down, too. That is just fine. But if you don't, you just say, hey, put me in, coach. Let me know. Talk to me about it. Let me know what I can do. I want to serve. Now, here's the second thing. As a church is starting, I remember the early days of Stuttgart Harvest Church. Man, we all wore so many hats, so many different hats of serving. And every Sunday, we may have been serving in a different way, but we were serving still every single Sunday. And we're beginning to develop that here as well. See, we have a children's program that's running right now while we're here, and we have folks uh, in, in this room this morning. Carrie's in here, and and I'm looking around trying to see Mary's in here this morning. We have folks, and there's probably more. I'm just uh, I'm not all that smart, so. We have more who are serving, but we have folks rotating through the children's program. And here's what we're going to begin doing, even within here. uh, We're going to ask, hey, would you be willing, even a Sunday you're not serving on that rotation, would you jump into another rotation in this room and serve here? And so we put on all these different hats so that when we walk into this building, we are coming in as someone who has purpose who has a place to serve and something specific to do on that Sunday to help us love and serve the people around us and in doing our best to escort them all the way to Jesus as we serve them so would you begin to with us to put on these multiple hats and say yeah I'll do this and then another Sunday I'll do that and I'll serve somewhere some way every Sunday And if you would be willing to do that, you just write down on your connection card, there's a place to say, yeah, I want information about serving. And we will begin that process of getting you information and finding a way that you can serve with us alongside of us, however long you're here, to serve alongside of us. And then the last thing is just simply this. If you're ready to investigate becoming a covenant partner, I just encourage you to do it. Somewhere in the the month of, uh, I'm trying to remember if it's August or early September, Uh, everyone who decides to be a covenant partner, we're going to get together and kind of celebrate that on one day. Um, But until then, you can begin that process and you can work through it on your own pace. And you're not going to hear us talk about it much really after this. It will still be there and happening, but you won't hear us like, hey, covenant partner, we're just doing that because this is really our first time to ever do that at the church in Malvern. Now, I just want to ask this as we close. Can you imagine a church taking Jesus seriously to what God is calling us to be, what we feel he's leading us to be at the church of Malvern, where, where there's just this core value of acceptance, just knowing that the people around us, that the rest of the world may call they's or them's, that we're throwing lifelines to them, not rocks of judgment. Lifelines. That's all we throw here, lifelines. That level of acceptance. And we will know as we begin living that out in our own lives here, we will know that we are loving and accepting others the way Jesus did. When, for instance, that uh, someone who has hurt us, when we're ready to love that person and serve them anyway we'll know we're beginning to accept them the way Jesus does. Or maybe that person who comes into this room because maybe they came to a movie or maybe they got a card or maybe someone invited them and they think, I'm just going to try, and they walk into this room and that person has a lot of baggage and a lot of history and everyone in town might know it. And when that person walks in, you'll know you're loving them the way Jesus would when other people might choose to turn and look, but that's not what you do. You turn your body around and you go to them. To encourage them and welcome them and love them and serve them. We'll know that we're accepting them the way Jesus does. And you know what? We'll know this whole thing about service. We teach that we serve to get better. We don't wait until we're better to serve. We serve to get better. That's what we believe. And we'll know that we are serving the other people around us the way Jesus did when I'm willing to go way outside of my comfort zone to serve people inside and outside of the church. We'll know that we're beginning to serve the way Jesus did when we say, I'm willing to do anything that's needed, I'm willing. And I just want you to know that's who God has called us to be at the church in Malvern, and Stuttgart Harvest Church, and that is exactly where God is taking us, and that's where Cole and I are doing our best to lead us as a church, is to that place. And I just want to say, if you're willing, if you're ready, welcome to that journey. And I want you to know along the way, I already know this, it's going to be imperfect And I'm going to mess up. And Cole's going to mess up. And we're not always going to be the the leader and do the right thing the way God has described because we are imperfect. But I know this, I welcome you Those who are already following Jesus, I welcome you who are imperfect and following him in an imperfect way to join us on this journey for the rest of our lives of pursuing Jesus. And if you're not yet following Jesus, I just say this. Continue to seek him. And may we do our best to be transparent honest, and loving as we serve each other th- on this journey, some of us with Jesus, some of us toward Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to love others the way you loved others. I, I want to accept them the way you accept them, Jesus. And I want to do my best and Cole wants to do his best as we lead the church of Malvern and Stuttgart Harvest Church to do the same thing. We want to learn to serve them and walk to them and with them toward a life-changing relationship with you. And we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus, who is our Messiah, our Savior, our Redeemer. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen.
1: through Chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you. I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs
0: Well, I'm very, very glad that you've been here with us today and I hope you've been encouraged and I hope if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you got a little peek behind that curtain of what really kind of some of the things that motivate and drive us. And that is one of those things we talked about today, acceptance, accepting people that God has created and then loving and serving those people. And I hope that uh, you, if you're following Jesus, I hope you will be a part of that with us. I hope you you will help us to love them and serve them. And as we gather here as a church in Malvern, I just hope you'll be a part of that. Now, uh, we're going to be leaving this building, and I'm glad you're a part of this this potluck breakfast this morning. There will be more. <laughs> this I know. Yeah, that's a great. I have an amen. There's an amen. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a prayer for us. And I, if I didn't get to visit with you today, I would love to. I'm gonna be kind of hanging around, not too far from the food. I'll be hanging out over there somewhere. I would love to get to say hi to you. If you have a question for me, I'll do my best to answer it. Or I'll find the answer this week as best I can. Um, so let's do this. Let's talk to our Heavenly Father together one more time. I'll lead us in a prayer, and then I'll be in the back. Would love to say hi before you leave. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. I'm so very grateful that, God, in your grace and your mercy, you have drawn us to yourself, and and your spirit has pointed all of us toward that, that work, that love of God that led Jesus to the cross, and I am so thankful for that. And God, thank you for what you're doing in my life as you're continuing to change me and continuing to rearrange me. And God, I pray for my friends and family here today. I I pray this, that God, we would get to the point, all of us, where we are willing to allow you to begin to change our lives from the inside out, knowing that as you change our lives, it changes our perspective and our view. It begins to change and rearrange our priorities. And God, I just pray that you would take our imperfect lives and through your perfect son and your perfect words that you would begin to change us from the inside out. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer. Amen.